Good morning, Zion. Good to see you today. As always, we are in the middle of our series of experiencing God, and so I have to, a little true confession time. Uh, it was a busy, busy week for me, and I was out of town for half the week. I did not get as much time on the memory verse uh, that I would have liked to, but we're going to review it anyway. It is John 14, 21. The one who has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me, and the one who loves me will be loved by my Father. I will also love him and reveal myself to him. So uh, whether you've done it or not, it's on a screen here, so can you say it with me again? So John 14, 21, the, man who has, or the one who has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. And the one who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I also will love him and will reveal myself to him. So we actually preached from that passage last week. So uh, we're going to do quite a bit today. So put on your seatbelts. We have, uh, we've been going through experiencing God. There are seven realities that they Uh, teach through that. And then if you're doing the workbook, there's 12 units. And so today, we're just trying to keep in sync with all of those. Uh, There's two units on prayer and actually communication from God. And so how do we know when we're hearing God's voice? And so really kind of covering two units today uh, as we... um, uh, continue on with uh, this this series. I hope you are, wh- whether you're just here on Sunday or in a small group or doing the workbook, uh, I've been just having my mind and heart challenged uh, by that. Uh, when it comes to communication, and if you're in a business, maybe you've understood this as well, it's it's always important to communicate by multiple venues. What, what do I mean? So when we have, say, an activity coming up or, or an event coming up as a church, uh, we'll, we could announce it on Sunday morning. We, we don't do a Sunday morning bulletin anymore, but many churches do. We have email, we have um, uh, text messages, we have Facebook and all these things that we are getting the word out. And I'm getting better, but I try to utilize as many of those as we can. Do you know why? Because sometime during that week of the event, someone will call, what time is that again? And it's like, okay, well, it's at this time. And, and uh, it, it just always happens that way. And really, we think, uh, you know, we're just utilizing technology in a, in a better way. I mean, we could, you know, even snail mail and so forth. But I want you to know God has been doing this for a while. He communicates his will not just through one way, but multiple ways. And we're going to cover them, uh, again, as I said, this morning. But before we do, there is a, a, a kind of a caveat, kind of a warning uh, when we hear from God. Because once in a while, someone will, will say to me or to another church leader or, or again, in, in another environment, they'll say these three dangerous words. Those words are, God told me. And then they tell you what God told them. Now, on one hand, I want to lean in and say, oh, what have you been hearing? What's on your heart? What's on your mind? How is God working in your life? But frankly, on the other hand, 
what a lot of people mean is, God told me this, therefore you have to do what I say. Therefore you have to believe me as this is the very scripture of God because God told me. Well, did he? Well, it's interesting he told you that because he didn't say anything to me about it. Uh, it's even been in times of great conflict within a church. And I've, I've heard people say to, to pastors and other leaders, God told me you should resign. Oh, uh, it, it becomes kind of an abusive thing. Uh, and so I'm just, all I'm saying is be careful. Watch out for criticalness of that. And really, if you think about this historically, cults have been formed by people saying, God told me. But nevertheless, God does speak. And so I uh, just want to just be careful with that. Instead of asking, though, about God's will, what we need to focus on is not so much the what of God's will, but the how. Is it God's will for his people to be kind? You should be saying, oh, yeah. Let me try that again. Is it God's will that his people should be kind? Oh, yeah, thank you. Yeah, it is. And so we don't need to debate that. The question is, how are we going to do that? How are you going to do that? It's God's will that we show love. There, he's command, if God commands something, here's a clue. If God commands something, that's his will. So if he says love one another or love others, that's his will. How can we do that? Uh, does God want his people to be pure? Well, Jesus said, be holy as I am holy. I, so that's his will. How can we be pure and holy in our life? Well, how is the issue? Uh, should, we, should we be people of prayer? Yeah, I mean, there's verse after verse after verse throughout the, the New Testament, especially about praying more effectively. The question is how. How should, I, how should I respond to my spouse when they're irritating? Well, we should respond in a godly way. That's God's will. The question is How? How, uh, how will my decisions honor God and keep according to his word? So the issue for us is really how. But there are, there are five ways, as, again, as I mentioned, email and snail mail and Facebook and pulpit announcements and that kind of thing. God has five ways, and we're going to go through each of these. One is his word, and that's actually the first and primary way. And then also he speaks through the Holy Spirit. He also speaks through prayer and through circumstances and through one another, through the church. Uh, so we, in experiencing God, we, we have to hear from him to join him in what he is doing. God is always at work. That's one of the, the principles of, of experiencing God. He's always at work. He's always doing something. But at times, he's going to communicate it. As we have a relationship with him, he's going to communicate it. It's the same way we understand this. A, a general is going to communicate to the soldiers on the field. The sheep know their shepherd. And, and largely when it comes to listening for God's will, again, the issue is how for us, but also the issue is just hearing. If you look at the letters to the churches in Revelation, uh, Revelation chapter 2 and chapter 3, some of those churches were doing pretty well, some not so well. Uh, some of it was a, mi a mixed bag. But in every one of them, Jesus ends that letter, the communication says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. We have to be hearing the Lord. Now, 
we have to make an effort to hear. When um, Trish and I were in our our pre-marriage time, our engagement time, we, we met with our pastor and we did some evaluations and talked with us. And, and he said, well, everything looks pretty good except, Joe, you don't listen well. And I said, what? And he said, you don't listen well. And that's something, even after, uh, you know, not, since 1987, I've been working on my listening skills, trying not to answer people in my head while they're still talking, wanting to, wanting to hear them and especially for Trish. I'm also finding, as I've gotten older, I'm losing my hearing. I've been visiting an audiologist, and I'm, I, I don't hear as well as I, as I used to be able to hear. Um, they're not ready to fix it yet, and it's kind of annoying at this point. But I find I'm doing things to try and be able to listen better. I'm watching people as they speak so I can hear what they're saying. Uh, this ear's better than that ear, so sometimes I kind of turn my head to people and when I ask them to repeat. And closed captioning is on my TV all the time now. Because I can hear them, but I don't necessarily understand what they're saying and what people are saying. And so we need to have that same capability as God is communicating and saying, okay, I'm gonna do everything I can to, to keep hearing from the Lord. So I mentioned this first way, and the primary way is the Word of God. All right? we, 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 we went through 1 Timothy earlier this year, and we saw Paul bring up the importance of the Word of God over and over and over again. In 2 Timothy, in Paul's second letter to Timothy, he says this about the Scriptures. All Scripture is breathed out or inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. With what result, Paul? That the man of God or woman of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. God's will is here. It is here. Every command, as I said earlier, is God speaking and, and communicating his will. But you have to be careful sometimes of what we call the context of that command. Just because there's a command in Scripture doesn't mean that everyone has to obey it. Let me give you an example from the New Testament. In 2 Timothy 4.13, Paul gives a command. He writes, Timothy, pick up the cloak I left in Tarsus and bring it to me. Now, we all know that we don't need to go to Tarsus and find a cloak and deliver it to some guy named Paul. We understand that was a specific command to a specific person at a specific time. Now, the thing we also have to realize, though, is even though that command might not apply to us at this time and day, there's principles underneath it. And so the, the principle I could draw from that is really two uh, principles. One is when you need something, ask for help, like Paul did. The other principle I could draw from that is when when someone needs help, help them. <laughs> be, be practical. So even though that command is not specific for us, I can draw biblical principles. What about the Old Testament uh, uh, prohibitions against certain foods? Bacon's okay. Well, why is it okay now and, it wasn't, and it's not for, for a Jewish person today? Well, those commands were given specifically for Jews. Well, why? Because they were supposed to be set apart. 
They were unique people of God. And in the same way today, the, the church, God's people now, as he has merged the Gentiles and Jews together, Ephesians chapter 2, as he's merged them together, we need to be distinct. It's not about following rules, though. Jesus declared all, full, all foods clean, but in our life, in our thinking, and how we, how we go through life together, we're to be distinct as well. So the word is his revealed will. We know there are so many commands. There's so many things we could say. It's God's will for us individually and as a church to make disciples. How do I know that? Because that's what his word commands. I mentioned kindness earlier. I know it's God's will for us to be kind, to serve one another, to be holy, to love one another, and to love God. Reading the word is how we know God's will. This is so important. Uh, where do we get God's word? Well, hopefully you're, you're spending time yourself, even if it's a, a reading a chapter a day. Uh, uh, our, this moment, Sunday morning, as we sing scripture, as you hear it from the worship team, as, as you see it on the screen, as we go through it, you're hearing the word. Uh, we've done something at Zion that frankly is, is the, the envy of, I mean, the, let me put it this way. There are large churches with big budgets for their children's ministry, with full-time people working. They, they're not doing this. Either they can't or they won't. And that's as we've been coordinating with what, what we call it the upstairs and the downstairs message. And so the kids right now today, they're hearing about hearing from God. They're, they're going through the, 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 uh, the message of God's call to Samuel, if you're familiar with that, where God keeps calling Samuel, or the first few chapters of 1 Samuel. And, and then, what are we talking about here, upstairs? Well, we're talking about hearing from God. That's a chance for, for parents and grandparents to be discipling their kids. Oh, what did you learn this morning? What did they talk about? Oh, that's what we were talking about. And, and so there's another opportunity to hear God's will. This is the anchor. God's word is the anchor of his will. It's not that the other ones aren't important, but th this is where we judge everything. If we're hearing from some other source of God's will and it contradicts his, his word, you're not hearing from God, quite frankly. So let's talk about the Holy Spirit now because we can read the scriptures and we can get data about God. I mentioned this morning in our, in our men's uh, group as we're looking at the workbook, I, when I went to, to Bible college, I was a little shocked and bothered at first that many books in our school library were written by non-Christians. They were just experts in the biblical languages. They didn't believe what Jesus was saying but they were able to translate it in an accurate way. And so it was like, okay, all right, just be okay with that, that even though they were reading the words of Christ, they really didn't believe them. There, there's lots of people, there's Christians like that, that everything's just in their head. It hasn't gotten to the heart knowledge, we say. This is the other way God speaks, and it's through the Holy Spirit. So as we are reading the word or, or hearing it or some other source, the Holy Spirit uses it to encourage, to bless, to correct us perhaps, remind, prompt. This is sometimes, sometimes you might hear believers use the word conviction. The Holy Spirit convicted me about 
a particular thing I need to do. For example, someone could say I was, they're going through a difficult time. It's a very dark time. And, and they were reading in Psalm 23, the shepherd's psalm. And they, they, they were reading that and they've known it their whole life. And all of a sudden they come across the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not walk. Even though I go through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. And even though they know those words or known them before in their head, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit says, remember, God's with you. He's with you through the valley of the shadow of death. That's God speaking to you through the Holy Spirit. Romans 8.16 says, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. There's a connection with the believer as a child of God with the Holy Spirit. He's with us now. We don't need to pray for the Holy Spirit to come. He's here. He's already here. There are some practical experiences. I won't read each one of these verses, but you could, you could look it up later. It's in Acts chapter 16, where it was a specific direction that God gave Paul, and I think Barnabas was with him at that time, where they, again, are listening to God. Remember, we're supposed to be making disciples. We're supposed to be preaching the gospel. And so they knew God's will. They knew they heard the words of Christ. They heard the Great Commission. And so they said, let's go. And they go to an area that, that at that time was called Galatia. Today it's modern-day Turkey. And so they're, they're leaving Israel, and they start heading north. And it's a very unique moment where the Holy Spirit says, no, I don't want you to go north. Okay, okay. So they, they hear it from the Holy Spirit, and then they start going west. And the Holy Spirit, no, no, I don't want you to go west either. So they went northwest. And that's that is exactly the path that God led them. Now, that was a specific uh, idea. But the point is they were already working, doing what they wanted to know, and they were listening the Holy Spirit will never contradict the word of God. In fact, he will confirm it. He'll use the word to speak to issues of our heart. He intercedes for us in prayer, Romans 8. Um, some people, frankly, confuse the Spirit's speaking with their happiness. Well, this will make me happy, therefore God has spoken to me. Well, maybe not. He might ask you to do something that will make you very unhappy. It could be often a practical yet quiet voice. And then this is often confirmed by others, whereas God, we think the Spirit's speaking to us and someone else will confirm it. Next week, we're going to talk about Gideon and his call, where God constantly is reminding Gideon of what he already told him by repeating it. So God speaks through his word. He speaks through the Holy Spirit. He also speaks through prayer. And... We have to change our thinking about this, and I've been talking about this off and on for a while, of changing our idea of prayer of us talking to God, but us listening to God as well. Both are there. Matthew 6, 9 through 13, this should be familiar to a lot of people. Jesus speaking, pray like this. This is how you pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. You could pray those words word for word, 
But Jesus is giving us a, a model of prayer. When Jesus went off to pray by himself, sometimes for hours, I don't think he just repeated this 10,000 times. He's following a pattern of, of prayer. Pray like this, our Father and art in heaven, we seek God's first. First, we, we seek his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. One of the uh, people I've been reading on uh, about this, his name's Daniel Henderson, and he says this, we seek God, seek his face before you seek his hand. Your requests are biblical. They're a statement of faith. But seek his face before you seek his hand. Why? Because that's what Jesus does in this model prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. The point of prayer is for us to get to know him more, not to get stuff. We get to know, as we get to know him more, his will becomes clearer and clearer for us. Let me challenge you with a question. If God answered all your requests with no, would you still pray? If God answered all your requests with no, would you still pray? If you say, no, forget it, I won't bother anymore, then your, your, your prayers are very me-focused, self-focused. But if your prayer is focused on getting to know God, then it doesn't matter whether he says yes, no, or wait. You just want to, you want to get to know him, and that's enough. He is worthy. Four parts of these prayers, prayer like this. Uh, again, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. That's a statement of reverence. Take time just praising God for who he is and what he has done. The second part of it is response. These are all going to start with R because a pastor wrote these words and they always have to alliterate, all right? Um, that's when we respond to these truths. It, whether it's a confession or commitment, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, that's a, a statement of response. And then, then is the, the statement, give us this day our daily bread. Those are our requests. What do you need? And yet still subject in his name. You know, we do something, uh, we, we've gotten in a habit as a culture, as a Christian culture, is we end a prayer with, in Jesus' name. You've, you've heard that? Amen. And in a group of people, we say, in Jesus' name. And it's kind of got to mean more of, I'm done praying now, now it's your turn. Right? I don't know if you've experienced that. I once had someone come up to me after a church gathering, after we prayed. I happened to not say those words and told me flat out that prayer didn't count. I said, why not? He says, well, you didn't end it in Jesus' name. It's not, folks, it's not just a way to end a prayer. It's an attitude. When we say in Jesus' name, you know what we're saying? God, I want my will to match your will. It's not a magic formula. Oh, if you tag these words on, you'll get whatever you want. That's not what it means to pray in Jesus' name. It means you're saying, I want, God, what you want. Do you ever think what God has on his prayer list? What does God want? What does God want? And when we pray that, we're saying, regardless of what I want, I'm praying in your name lord so it's 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 actually quite a blessing and then finally the last part of 
the instructions for, that Jesus says is to forgive others and lead us not in temptation. That's a statement of readiness. And so our prayers can do that. I encourage you to use scripture in your prayer and let God, let God start the conversation. Hear from him first. It feeds all parts. The scripture is filled with fodder on how to praise him. Our response and our request can be in light of those passages. As we read the, the Lord, or I'm um, sorry, the shepherd's prayer. God, thank you that you are my shepherd. Thank you that you, you love me enough to correct me with your rod and your staff. Thank you that you are with me. Uh, even though you are great and mighty, Lord God, you are with me in the valley of the shadow of death. And because of you, God, I am not going to fear any evil. That scripture prayer starting with the Lord. And then, and then God, and maybe, it's a, maybe it's a problem in your job. Maybe it's a problem in a relationship or a health issue or a money issue or any other issue. You say, God, if we're going through this difficult time where we don't know how we're going to make ends meet, that's our shadow of death. God, I pray, for, I pray for funds for us to be able to make our bills. You're now giving your request in light of that truth. Does that make sense? And, and then with it, seek that also that in order that moment. So as we pray for God to lead people or to, to show them, I, pr I pray that your greatness would be known to my neighbor in order that they can also respond and worship themselves. All right, so that's, that's prayer. And then finally, the, the next two, the last two, are, uh, is circumstances. God speaks through circumstances, but I need to tell you that's tricky. <laughs> that's why we need the Word. That's why we're focused on the Holy Spirit. And let me give you an example that Paul wrote about from 1 Corinthians. I always love this passage. Uh, he, he wrote to this church in 1689. He says, he's telling them their plans, what he's going to do. But I will stay in Ephesus until Pentecost. Pentecost is a day on the calendar for them. For a wide door of effective work has opened to me. Now, you hear that and say, oh, well, God's obviously worked out the circumstances so Paul could be very effective in this town Ephesus because there's a wide door of effective work. Well, finish the verse. And there are many adversaries, which is going to hurt the work. And you think, well, which is it, Paul? Is it, do you stay there because there's, 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 there's a wide door of opportunity? Or do you stay there or do you leave because there's adversaries? Which one? See, that's how tricky circumstances can be. We can't just look to them. It, God may call us to do something or you to do something that will be very difficult. It doesn't mean that it's going to be smooth sailing the entire time. It might be tough. Just because there's resistance does not mean God opposes. God sometimes, folks, shuts things down. He'll shut ministry down. God will close the doors of churches. Why? Because maybe their ministry is done and that group of people needs to go off in another direction. But what we do is we keep praying and, we, and we're persistent and we seek advice when the circumstances are hard. But then the, the converse is true. Just because a door is open doesn't mean God approves. Does that mean it's tricky? Just because something's 
good or the, or the opportunity is there doesn't mean you should do it. Some distractions should be left. Some things are distracting. They're good things, but they should be left to others. And we, keep, we do the same thing when the circumstances are good. We keep praying. We're persistent. We seek advice. A couple years ago, we were asked to sell part of our property here to Dollar General. Well, free money. Like we're using this field. And so we, we said, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let's pray, let's seek advice, and see what God does. As it turns out, they moved over to Carn City instead. Okay, that's fine. We, the point is we wanted to be obedient to God's will despite the circumstances. The last way, God speaks through his church. God could speak to you, to someone else in this room. Absolutely. And others in the church can speak to you. How does he do that? It's a bit of a longer passage, Ephesians 5. Paul writes, And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. What does that mean? Well, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making medley in the heart to, with uh, making medley to the Lord with your heart. Okay, that's kind of a musical thing, right? All those those different musical things, but there's more. Giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. As we as we tell one another what the Lord's teaching us, what he is doing, uh, and how we can remain thankful even though even though it might be a difficult time, we are speaking in a sense for God, submitting to one another out of reverence to Christ as we help each other, as we come alongside when there are needs. That's how the church speaks to each other. Other, Others explain stuff. I I love the time I see with you all before before we get together and then afterwards. Sometimes people, we turn the lights off. There's still people hanging around here encouraging each other in the Lord. That is biblical church. Sometimes we got to be lovingly confrontational. Hey, my brother, my sister, I'm seeing this in your life. Can, you, can we talk about this? Can you explain it? Someone encourages you through a struggle that they themselves have walked. And, and often, too, with the church, there's, when, when there's kind of a general agreement about a direction a church should go or a ministry they should start. That's the church speaking as well. There are what I call the it seems good moments where I would say, yeah, mm-hmm. we need to do that. We need to move forward with that. Uh, Acts 6, Acts 15, you see where as the church is gathered together, that phrase, it just seemed good to everyone. It just seemed good. So how do you know when God is speaking? Frankly, the more you love him, the more you're going to recognize his voice, the more you're going to understand what he likes and dislikes. The other week I used the example of I know what my wife likes and dislikes. In the same way, why? Because we have a close relationship. In the same way with God as we get to know him more. Start with what you know. Start with the scriptures. God's will is not some hide and seek game. What does God want for my life? Well, start here. 
Start with obeying those commands. And the details he could work out. Sometimes, quite frankly, there's what we can call wiggle room. You know, uh, what did did God want uh, Adam and Eve to do about their diet? He said, you could eat from any tree except for the, the one in the middle. Well, what, what, which, tree, which tree does God want us to eat from first? You can eat from any tree except for the one in the middle. But we want to do your will, God. We want to be in the center of your will. You can eat from any tree except for the one in the middle. Oh, see, it didn't, didn't matter as long as they were focused on what he already revealed to them. But I appreciate the heart of people wanting to be obedient that way. Remember, the issue is not God. He's not wringing his hands up in the heavenly throne room saying, who's going to do this? Who's going to do that? He'll pick somebody else if the original people don't follow through. He'll get his will done with or without us. But here's the kicker. Here's the fun part is that God is inviting his people to join him in his work in this community in this region and around the world. Let's spend some time in, in prayer together. We also have communion as well. Hey, you know, God speaks multiple ways to us individually and corporately. He's talking now. God also, we could praise him that he tells us all that we need to know. He gives us Psalm 119, I want to say 16, but I might be wrong on that. Which says, I'll give you a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. Not a spotlight a couple miles down the road, but a light to your feet. But he does give that light. He tells us what we need to know. And maybe God has spoken to you about something you need to listen and obey. So you could, as, as brothers and sisters, we, we are okay with us. It's a bit of a confession. I will listen and obey, especially when God tells me to. Fill in the blank. Let's spend some time praying together and then we'll remember uh, the Lord in our communion time. Pray out loud if you like.
Lord God, you've been speaking to people for thousands of years. Sometimes directly, sometimes through other means. Sometimes through prophets. You communicated your plan, your good news through Jesus Christ. And so we remember him today. We thank you for him today. And Lord, for, for us, as we look at some of these commands that um, maybe we've kind of crossed out in our minds of, of, of issues of forgiveness or issues of, of loving others who are unlovable, even those who cause great harm. We, uh, we are told we need to make disciples. You've made that clear. We know your will. We also know, Lord, that we um, need, to be, need to be people of prayer and to build that as, as not just something that we do, not something we program or schedule, but it's who we are and what we're known for. God, maybe, someone, maybe you're talking to someone today about their future. Maybe it's, they don't, you're working in their life and heart to, to send them overseas or be a missionary. Or, or a parent or a grandson, parent or grandparent is, is hearing that their child might, might go away very far. And Lord, we will, we will listen and obey, especially when you tell us those hard things, those things that might even bring loss. Because ultimately, Lord, there's no other, uh, there's no other joy than following you. And help us, Lord, to listen, especially as our community has been rallying around the Martin family? Is there, is there something, Lord, that we need to be doing or pursuing that hasn't already been done already? We want to be hearing and, and listen and follow. Thank you, Lord, for these multiple ways that you, you, the God of the universe, who sits enthroned in heaven, talks to us. In your name, amen. I was thinking about, I don't know if you've ever seen uh, someone who's gotten a letter from the White House and they, they frame it. How much more to hear from the God of heaven when he speaks and communicates to us. We have our time of communion now and as always I want to remind you to search your heart, ask God, God, is there some, something in my life, is there an unconfessed sin? Is there something I need to be right with you? This is for... You don't have to be a member here, but, you, but Jesus is clear. You need to be a believer. You need to follow the Lord. If you're not, then again, you're always welcome here. But for this particular moment, uh, don't come up. It's okay. Um, or if you maybe made that commitment even this morning. Uh, but it is for those who say, I follow Christ. And so um, spend some time. Uh, we have a few announcements uh, uh, today as well. Uh, things to be praying about and seeking God's face as well. So spend that time and in, in partake as a family or individually. Uh, really a couple of reminders. On the 21st of this month, uh, we're going to be hosting along with a 6-4 fellowship uh, a workshop called Reclaim where we're encouraging pastors and elders to be uh, uh, focus their energies and their priorities on prayer and the word. And so I, uh, I'm actually pretty pleased so far. I mean, we have, besides me and the other leader, uh, there's 10, 10 people have signed up, and, but there's several more that we've invited. And so just pray, pray for them that they would be drawn. I think it's, it's one of the critical needs, especially as uh, the days are probably short here. 
uh, and we need to be hearing from the Lord. The other thing is for us on the 11th of November, 11-11, uh, Grove City College, uh, a group, uh, one of the classes from them will come here and they're going to lead us in a time of prayer and worship. That'll be a Saturday morning uh, event from, I think, I think we said, I'll double check this week, but 9 to 12 or 10 to 1, they actually should be bringing lunch as well. So please put both those things down in your calendar. Um, uh, if you've noticed here, we don't take an offering, kind of. Uh, we don't pass anything around. Uh, back in COVID started, we, we have our, our box back there that's available for people to, to uh, give through that or online. Um, and uh, thank you. We appreciate the way you are participating with what God is doing, and we also want to keep you informed. So Tom has some numbers for you. Yeah, numbers are good, huh? They're good this month because we've exceeded uh, our budget, and we just want to be really thankful for what everybody has done to make it so that we can do things here that needed to be done and uh, so, God, we just thank you. We are, we've exceeded about $5,000. So it's a big, big deal. So just thank you. 